0: Welcome to Rag Chew, and if you're as curious as a kitty cat as I am, you can follow us on Rag Chew uh, at Rag Chew Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. Harry Carey joined us there for our intro, and uh, I'm Max, and if life came with background music, currently mine would be playing Here Comes the Sun by The Beatles.
1: And I'm Cade, and uh, some people say I'll do a mean moot ride impression
0: from uh, Teen Hunger Falls. Yeah, hi y'all. I completely forgot about Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Hey, oh my gosh. All those Aqu- Adult Swim shows, man.
1: Yeah, dude. Space, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, Aqua Teen, Hunger Johnny Force. Johnny Quest. Johnny Quest, Home Movies.
0: I um, haven't watched... Probably adult swimming. I'm I'm gonna say about seven, eight years. But I remember when like I wasn't allowed to watch it, or not like I wasn't allowed. My mom was never like policing the TV. But you know, you're staying up late and your mom is like, No, why are you watching that kind of thing? (laughs) Because you're like 10 years old. Um, and I'd watch it and I thought it was just edgy and cool to be watching it. But there were some good shows on there, man. There really were.
1: Yeah, there really were. I remember. Uh, I used to get. I remember at, I remember the age where I first like. I used to get mad like when uh, Adult Swim would come on because uh, I'd be yes. watching. I don't know if you remember Toonami. Yeah. Uh huh. But, but Toonami would come on around like six or seven, and then would go. Uh, I watched that. I, I watched Dragon Ball Zs basically when I was watching for Toonami, and then uh, you'd watch a little more, and then it would be like 10 30 thirty. You'd be like, oh, it's Adult Swim time, and uh, I used to hate it. I'd be like, God. This is the worst you know and then-
0: I know because you were going so good watching DBZ Dragon Ball yeah. Z there and was Yu-Gi-Oh on on Toonami or was that just on WB Kids? I it was remember. on
1: on WD- WB
0: Kids. Okay, okay. Cuz I watched a crap ton of Yu-Gi-Oh yep. and I'm trying to remember what other shows I used to watch on WB kids well there was uh the Jackie Chan show why am I blanking out on it that was a great show by the way Do, what was it called it was uh, Jackie Chan adventures uh, yeah it? it was yeah Jackie Chan adventures Jackie yep, Chan yep, adventures yep. and I'm trying to think of what else was on there uh um, like
1: uh I want to say they had like um
0: Beyblade show oh I didn't watch that yeah no, no. I
1: didn't I didn't either I just like to play Beyblades I didn't oh, not they like had Digimon
0: they had Digimon, yeah, yeah. or whatever.
1: They messed up putting that
0: on there. Yeah, so. I didn't. I didn't watch Digimon. I had friends, you know. Digimon was kind of like the Zune of the world, right? Everyone absolutely, thought, yeah. Everyone thought Pokemon was the best, and Yu Gi Oh was like second below it. But Yu Gi Oh rise in popularity at one point above Pokemon, in my personal opinion. And then, like Digimon was there, and the kids who like liked Digimon and like to talk about Digimon when when you were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon come and be like oh yeah my Digimon blah blah it's kind of like when you had a Zoom and they thought they were really cool because they had a Zune they were like well my Zune has pictures or I can watch video <laughs> and you were like Zoom's stupid get away dude I have an iPod like no one cares about your Zoom. yeah you know?
1: your Microsoft Zoom.
0: right and I, I remember a friend of mine I, I, I I'm not going to call him out on this but I do remember he got a zune and he thought it was really cool and he was talking about the zune and i remember just being "Uh uh-huh okay whatever i have an ipod nano screw off you loser you know
1: yeah (laughs) what (laughs) i I was guilty i was one of those people i had a zune you had a zune i did just because it was and you know it's funny. i got it right about the time uh they released the halo 3 edition so i got the halo 3 zune and uh I, I really liked it and the only reason I got it uh, is because at the time it was like it was cheaper than an, like a regular iPod and it was like, well, if I can have one or the other uh you know I might as well get the one with the big old screen. I wish I still had it because it was it was actually pretty cool for what it was but uh it it made me mad a lot because in typical Microsoft fashion it tended to freeze a lot and restart itself so uh you know what are you gonna do but yeah, I was one of those people I had a. Wow. <laughs>
0: Wow, I'm sorry I just talked crap about you, Cade, but I'm gonna be real honest. Dude, you're not
1: wrong. I wasn't up in people's faces about it. Okay, let me say that first. But uh, yeah, it was I, I see what you mean by there was a vast majority of people would be like, hey bro, I got a zoom. You know?
0: Yeah, and, and you every single time the iPod people were like, Shut up, no one no one cares, you yep. know. No one yep. no one really cares, bud. but Digimon was definitely that way. They were the ones that they would come into the conversation, they were like, No one cares about Digimon, get out of here you
1: know yep uh, wholeheartedly agree yeah did you my i don't know i never could get it i tried i tried to give it a
0: chance but it just i couldn't i, I couldn't I, so you know i will say as a child i was maybe about i'm gonna say eight or nine i went to a couple Yu Gi Oh like tournaments ah those were the best oh they were so much books fun. a million, we to million used a to a have a the yes. yep. there we go <laughs>
1: yeah books a million man <laughs>
0: It was on Saturdays. It was at Saturdays at like 1 o'clock or something. Yeah, You'd go. And I remember going a couple times. And the first time I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to battle. And I was like eight years old. So you really don't understand the game. And then I realized how sad other people's lives were. Because there was people there who were like 26 years old. And they were straight up playing Yu-Gi-Oh at Books A Million. And I, I think about it now. And I'm not hating on what anyone likes. But... It's kind of sad that these guys were getting excited beating eight year olds who really didn't understand the game. You'd get randomly matched. So, yes,
1: exactly. There's guys who are um, clearly maybe shouldn't be like maybe child predators. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, but can I make a confession to you about those tournaments? Let's like, hear it. So, we, me and uh, my neighborhood. Uh, friends at the time we were real big into it there was probably a collective of like six to eight of us and uh we would you know we'd battle each other and stuff all the time but when we we came up with like a collective effort when we'd go to these tournaments because we could always find somebody's parent who would take us Um, so there was a streak there over one summer where i think we went like five saturdays in a row and uh but we came up with this collective effort like we uh, dude i stacked my deck to the point to where like i pretended to shuffle like but i knew where it was going to be because i ordered it in the way that i wanted it to come out so i totally cheated at those but then what what wow. i would do is i'd get bored like if you beat a couple people like if i ever won the first round i would just like Purposely lose the second one because I just wanted to go trade with people. I didn't care about that like anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know we, I maybe competed a couple times, like maybe the first or second time. And then I was so embarrassed with myself. I refused to do it again because I just felt like I wasn't good enough. So Love I didn't. It. It but Does I got... Robbie beat you with his 33-year-old grandson?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I remember as like an eight-year-old. You know, you just, you don't really fully understand the game. I really didn't. I just was like, oh, there's really cool monsters on these cards and it looks really cool. And I liked watching the TV show. So I didn't fully understand like how the game worked. And yeah, I got my butt beat pretty bad. And so <laughs> I just would go and I'd watch and then I'd walk around Books a Million. And then I realized the best part about Books a Million was the Thomas the Tank Engine sets that they have. To yeah, play with.
1: absolutely.
0: And that's all I would do is just I would ask because I had a babysitter that would watch us on the weekends because my mom would have to work. And I would beg her to go to the Books A Million Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. I'd go to the Books A Million Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, and then I'd watch for a little bit, and then I'd just go play with the Thomas Tank Engine stuff. Usually my babysitter, God bless her soul, I love her to death, would fall asleep. She was an older lady. She would fall asleep at the chair and then would have to come find me. And I was usually at the Thomas Tank Engine set playing with that stuff because was an eight-year-old, it was great.
1: Yeah, of course. At least she knew. At least she had a feeling. She
0: probably should have just gone to go sleep over there instead of, you know <laughs> Just watching me. And end me up here Books of million. <laughs> million was great back in the day. I don't know yeah. if there's a they still exist, don't they?
1: I don't know. I know for a fact Barnes and Noble does, but I yes. do not know about Books of Million.
0: I think books a million exists exists just on a very uh, small, small scale. scale. Yeah. Not as yeah. big as what they used to be. I think and everything, when everything digitized,
1: I mean, it unfor- it's an un- unfortunate, I mean, I like the convenience of digitization as well. And, uh, but it, for companies like that with books, yeah, it makes it a little hard for them.
0: Yeah. Especially with stuff like Kindles and everything else that came out. I mean, Unfortunately, exactly what you said, but paper books aren't as useful, but I'll say I'm not as big of a reader as I used to be growing up, but I love the feeling of a paper book for some reason. You know, I'm not a fan. I've tried. I've had a Kindle before and I have like my iPad and I can read on there, but I am never. I, I love the feeling of the book. You know what I mean?
1: yeah, no, I'm with you. There's a sense of satisfaction, like turning the page.
0: I yes, guess, if that makes sense. It's not, yeah, because you could see your progress and how far you're getting versus I don't know on on a regular on a tablet. it's not good enough. It's not know?
1: good enough.
0: Yeah. not good enough.
1: I know my attention span these days is I can't even like read, read. I have to listen to books. It's about the only way I can do it. And I can't even do it like when I'm at home. It's just strictly like a car thing, like when I ride in the car. I do audiobooks books because uh, when I was still driving to work before all this stuff went down, you know, it's five days a week, 30 minutes each way. So I was getting through about an hour a day. So I'd finish a book in about a week and a half. You um, know,
0: I, I can't get into audiobooks. I really can't for some reason. It I depends
1: on can't... the narrator to me,
0: but. OK, you know, it, it, it,
1: it all depends. Like like if you get a really good narrator, like I'll give you I'll just give you an example and, and I'll let you finish because I'm so sorry that I interrupted you because I'm a jerk. <laughs> uh, uh, but to, to me, it's the narrator. Like I've started audiobooks before and I've been like, I, I can't get into it. And then I like I'll give you an example. I went through and I listened to uh, the audiobooks for the two short story books in the Witcher series. Um, because I really wanted to get into it before I watched the show, because a lot of people told me before you watch the show, it's like, if you're, if you don't know, because the first or the first season, I guess, was based off of, um, a lot of the short stories from those two books. So I'm like, Oh, let me listen. This guy who is the narrator, um, I want to say his name is Peter Kenny, maybe, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember. Maybe that name's just ringing a bell for something else. Uh, but anyways, he did all the voices and for every single voice that he did, he changed his voice in such a way where it really like built a different character. And I got so into it because of the ability that he had with it that uh, I just enjoyed both of them so much because I thought he did such a great job. But in sometimes you read books where it's just some monotone guy who's like, and then the woman said, I do not care for you. And you're like, Okay,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I get that I see. I I feel like that's nice because they kind of change it up and it sounds more like a story versus like you said, someone literally reading a book to you. I have tried audiobooks, and maybe like you said, I just don't have the right narrator. But every time I've tried, I just for some reason I can't get into it. I because when I drive, I let my mind kind of wander. I'll listen to the radio or I'll listen to a podcast. I'll listen to other stuff. But my mind will kind of wander for a minute and just disappear. And then I go, oh, crap, I, I wasn't listening to that. Now I got to go back. <laughs> I go back. Yeah, and that happens all the time because I'll hear a word and it'll make me think of something. Or I hear a sentence and it makes me think, oh, yeah, I'm blah, blah, blah. Oh, I got to do this, you know. And then my mind just kind of wanders. But um, yeah, maybe I haven't listened to the right book that keeps me intensely listening, you know.
1: Yeah, maybe so. I mean, it's 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 all personal preference. I mean, you know, if it's. Maybe you'll find that one one day and if you don't and it doesn't work out and you like to read, you know, your your paperback book, then so be it, man. That's
0: uh, There's nothing wrong with that. Fair judgment there, Cade. Well, Cade, what have you been up to this past week in your quarantine? quarantine
1: ladies and gentlemen uh what have i been up to this week uh they set it up from work to where i can do some things from home now so i did a couple of days this last week getting some stuff ready for the eventual reopen of universal orlando resort um that was good it's gonna sound weird i was actually kind of glad to do it because i missed it and it gave me something to do um because believe it or not as much as i complain sometimes i actually really enjoy what i do sometimes it's the people i'm with i don't care for so much but um, <laughs> small numbers when it comes to that but uh so yeah that was good so i got some work in on that uh nfl drafts going on so i watched that thursday accidentally got obliterated um and uh was very hungover the day after um but uh, i'm happy with uh, the way the jags are going so far and uh it'll be over by the time everybody else listens to this so i hope you guys are enjoying what your team uh is doing too but uh, other than that man just standard playing video games um i've fallen now into another (laughs) <laughs> another deep hole of a game that i'm sucked into i mean i'm still playing a lot of call of duty with with my friends but on my own now i've I've started playing i wanted to know what all the hobo was about because everybody's been playing animal crossing and so i downloaded it well at first i watched a couple videos because i don't just blindly pay for things and not know what it's about um and long story short for people who don't know what it's about it's not really about anything it's just more of like, you just do stuff and collect stuff and build stuff and kind of customize and make your own thing. And I was like, I like those kind of games. I don't know what it is, especially when you can put your personal touch on stuff. Uh, so And I like really time-consuming things like that, especially since we have time right now. So I've fallen into a deep pit with that. I've been playing a lot. <laughs> uh, but that's about
0: it, man. How about yourself? You know, so I'm going to talk about Animal Crossing for a little bit, then I'll jump in. It's It's so true because... I So I, I got the game when it first came out, and I really delved into it. At this point, I've had to take a break because I just kind of got bored, and I don't time skip. So in case anybody's wondering, what is time skipping? I will Max, not do that either. Also, I plan on doing it fair. I refuse to. So time skipping is where inside of your console, you can technically change the time because Animal Crossing works all on real time. Um, so basically if it's daytime, right now it's daytime in the game and time moves at the same pace as your regular day. And only certain things can happen at night, certain things only happen during the day. Um, and you progress forward, like if they have to um it was a couple of times where you have to renovate the shop or something, and they say, Oh, we we're gonna get it done tomorrow. Uh, you have to wait until tomorrow for that to be done. And so you just kind of have nothing to do except for wait. Um, So there's a time skipping mechanic where you change the time in your console and it tricks the game into thinking that it's the next day. Um, But I refuse to do that because I really want to take the game at its pace. But I just got kind of bored of the pace of it. And so I stopped playing, but I was also frustrated with a couple things with uh, in case anybody who has played Animal Crossing, you would know Bunny Day absolutely sucked. So that really took me away from the game, I'll be honest. Uh but yeah it's definitely a good and I'm with you I love good time waster games where I can just it doesn't really have a strict objective it's just kind of go at it like I look something like uh MLB the Show franchise mode or uh, Madden franchise mode yeah your goal is to win the Super Bowl sure but typically what I like to do is just find a really bad team get into it and rebuild them and hopefully win the Super Bowl eventually uh but I don't really have a goal it's just keep going and going and going right, um, right. Which I kind of like those kind of games, but that, that's just me.
1: No, I'm with you. I'm I, so I got to ask you real quick. Uh, yep. This this Bunny Day thing you speak of is that something that was a one day event, or is that something I have to look forward to?
0: No, you do not. Thank God, uh, <laughs> it was an event that was only going on for Easter. Okay, um, and it was awful. So eggs were placed around everywhere, and in Animal Crossing, you dig for fossils, that kind of stuff. You shoot down balloons with a slingshot um and you get different things whether it's different recipes in order to build things for crafting um and all that other stuff but the problem was with this bunny day crap is if you went to dig you see like a spot where a fossil typically is you dig up a stupid egg so it cut down on the amount of fossils that you got the amount of presents that were floating that you shoot down with a slingshot was cut down because now they're eggs um the amount of fruit that was on your trees was cut down because now they're egg trees is there hit, a
1: significance to the eggs? Do they give you anything? Or it, was it was
0: really just-, just crafting recipes. That's all you really used them for. It was. Wood, it was tree eggs, or fruit eggs is what they called them, or air eggs, or or sky eggs, I think is what they called them, or earth <laughs> eggs. It was just beyond stupid. And then if you were fishing, because I'm, I, I for some reason I really enjoy fishing on Animal Crossing, yeah. you could see what looks like a fish, but then you get it, and it's a water egg. It was the stupidest thing. So every goal that I had just got screwed up because I was trying to catch a bunch of fish, but I kept getting a bunch of eggs. It was just really dumb and beyond frustrating. And so I, that just threw me away from the game. So no, you will not have to deal with that, Cade. Well, I'm after thankful for my that rag chew rant there. No, you do wow. not have to deal with that, that stupid perfect. mechanic. I hope
1: that uh, well, if they do another event, I hopefully they do better then. because yeah, if they're not really there for anything, and you have daily goals that you need to take care of, then I would be a little mad too. I haven't, I haven't quite got that far. I just started playing yesterday, so I'm uh, settled in and uh things are going swell so far okay that's about where i'm at
0: yeah i'll say it's a fun game overall but all i ask nintendo is never release another event like that ever again (laughs) please god (laughs) i know no one in, in nintendo is listening to me but if you are please god don't release another event like that it was awful and delayed every bit of progress that i had but, on, uh,
1: on Cinco de Mayo, they're going to do the same thing, but it's going to be tacos.
0: <laughs> it's an earth taco Earth taco. <laughs> but heck, I have the water Gosh. taco. It was so annoyed. Literally, I, I, I that made me quit the game. I have not played the game since that event. And that event was two and a half weeks ago. And oh, I have dude. not played it. It bothered me so much, but <laughs> I could probably get back into it and get equally as addicted as Kate is right now. Hey, yes, sir. But uh, what I'm doing right now, uh, yesterday, my lovely wife and I, we went and picked out paint colors uh, to paint our living room as well as our dining room. So we have a bunch of... Action green? No, no action green. I know, I know. It's very disappointing. But we did choose a variation of green. Um, I think we're going to go with uh, not azalea green, but I I can't remember what color it was. I think it's azalea green is what we're going to do in the dining room. And then... As for the uh, living room, we're going with a dip with blues. Uh, so we're looking at uh, most likely either blue chalk or charismatic sky. Ooh. Can we talk about how bad the name for paints are? Um,
1: like, yeah. I mean, if you're ever looking for good entertainment, you can always just take yourself to Lowe's and kind of read through the stuff that they have on there.
0: Some of them were really weird. Like some of them I was like, okay, I can picture this. But some of them I was like, what like one of them was sycamore grove and it was like a green sure but i was like this does not make me think of sycamore trees uh okay sure you know it's just the different names they have i'd love to be the guy who names paint because i feel like it's just look at a color and you think "Mm, big bird yellow how about that (laughs) it's
1: also educational
0: (laughs) it will count with you That's, but yeah, we had a, it will, we, it will count for you. Uh, we, we had a good time, uh, picking out paint yesterday and today we've started staining the bench that I, uh, talked about probably about like four episodes ago. I finally finished sanding that this past week. So that's finally completed after delaying it for so long and we're staining it now. And so far my wife does not like the color. So we're kind of screwed on that part. Uh Uh, but we will see, we will see. Uh, but Yeah. Going pretty good there. Just uh, getting some paint in. We're talking about painting uh, the dining room first, starting this week, and then moving in towards the living room. So we'll see. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. we. Uh, my wife, as we started putting down the pieces of paint, kind of like your wife, the, that's definitely teal. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, she saw it and she goes, well, no going back now. Oh. After we put down a couple tester pieces on different parts of the wall. And I was like, yep. You're right, babe. No going back now. We're forced no. to paint now. <laughs> no, yeah, you're
1: screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh. So, yeah, we've been doing that. But uh, exciting stuff. Not too much going on in the world of Max, other than uh, you know finding more projects to do and keeping myself busy. You know, that's the way to do it, man. That's what you got to do. Yes, sir. You're so productive. I got another story for us this this week, Cade. Is it a whale of a story this time? It's not a whale of a story this time, but it's definitely, um, hold on, I need, crap, I don't have a pun ready for this one. It's definitely a killer story. (laughs) It will have you laugh to death, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I'm ready, I'm ready. have you ever heard of Elmer McCurdy? I'm going to assume you say no. I'm going to say no. Okay. I have not. So, Elmer McCurdy was a pretty inept uh, bank robber, okay? Uh, he was born January 1st, 1880 to October 7th, 1911. So, if this kind of puts you in the perspective of the time frame we were in, um, he <laughs> he basically was just a really bad bandit and was really bad at any of the crimes that he ever did. Uh, some of the crimes he did, this is a really good one, is... Um, In March 1911, McCurdy had again relocated to Oklahoma. So he lived in Oklahoma and uh, had heard about a train car containing a safe of $4,000. They successfully stopped the train and the safe. Then apparently he had a, uh, how do I word this? Uh, A love for nitroglycerin. Oh my Um, (laughs) God. Apparently, he—that's not what blows him up. This is not going to be like a whale story here. Uh, but he really loved, uh, apparently, to use nitroglycerin. Apparently, he got training for it while he was in the United States Army, uh, but wasn't—I guess that's what he loved to do. Anyhow, so he put nitroglycerin on the safe's door to open it, but used way too much. Uh, the safe was destroyed as a blast, and the majority of the money and him and his partners managed to get 450 dollars in silver coins when it originally was 4000 um most of which had it melted and fused to the safe's frame as well as gone everywhere um so he was pretty inept as you can tell there it Sounds that way yeah yeah and apparently on another one uh where he was trying to kid I guess rob a Katy train which is a train that runs between Kansas and Texas it was the Kansas and Texas Railway Uh, After hearing it contained $400,000 in cash, it was a royalty uh, payment to a Osage nation. And apparently the men stopped a passenger train instead and got confused. But they were able to get $46 from a mail clerk (laughs) and two Demijohns of whiskey, an automatic revolver, a coat, and the train conductor's watch. Uh, But this is all kind of leading and showing that he was just an awful criminal. He just really wasn't that good at all. Um, but apparently the sheriffs had caught on to him and said we were going to go track him down. So eventually the sheriffs got to him and tracked him down using bloodhounds inside of a shed, and eventually they shot him with a chest wound, and he sustained it while lying down. Now this is where the story gets interesting. Okay. So in his post-mortem life, Um, a examiner, Joseph L. Johnson, the owner and undertaker embalmed his body with an arsenic laced preservative, uh, because they said basically they didn't know when his next of kin would show up or if any next of kin would show up. So they kind of just embalmed him and waiting for him to be claimed. Uh, he shaved his face, dressed his body in a suit and stored it in the back of the funeral home. Uh, he later learned That uh, or he also stated that he wasn't going to release the body until he was paid for his services. Um, And what he then decided to do was exhibit his body. Um, So Johnson then decided to exhibit McCurdy to make money. He dressed the corpse in street clothes, placed a rifle in his hands and stood it up in the corner of the funeral home. For a nickel, Johnson allowed visitors to see the bandit who wouldn't give up. At various times, McCurdy was also called the mystery man of many aliases, the Oklahoma outlaw and the embalmed bandit, the
1: embalmed bandit. That's a good one.
0: Apparently, he became a really popular attraction in the funeral home and brought in a good amount of money. And uh, Johnson, the funeral home owner, uh, got several offers to sell his corpse, but he refused because he was making so much money. But on October 6th, 1916, a man named Aver contacted Joseph Johnson, claiming to be Elmer McCurdy's long lost brother from California. Um, he said that he really wanted uh, to get him back and wanted to ship his body back to San Francisco for a proper burial. And uh, another guy called named Wayne showed up and took the body uh, supposedly on a train to San Francisco, but it was instead shipped to Arkansas City, Kansas. Um the men who claimed to be McCurdy's long-lost brothers were, in fact, James and Charles Patterson. And they were the owners of the great Patterson Carnival shows, a traveling carnival. Oh, my. Um, so they decided they were going to do the same thing that Johnson did, which was uh, show him around. And they made him into an exhibit called the Embalm Bandit and made a lot of money off of him. And they were featured as the car- uh, in the carnival as the outlaw who would never be captured alive. Uh, it Eventually, he gets sold off to another one in 1928 and becomes accompanied part of the trans-American foot, uh, foot race in 1933 and it was acquired by a director. And he was put inside of a film, an exploitation film called Narcotic. And they basically said that his body was a dope fiend because at that point his skin started deteriorating and he started to shrink. Oh, wait, Cade, it only gets better. Um, so he then after a little bit was placed inside of a storage in LA instead of a storage warehouse and he was used on different movies. So he was actually used in a 1967 film called She Freak and the body was sold along with other wax figures for $10,000 to the owner of the Hollywood Wax Museum. Um, the time passes and he eventually gets returned back to, um, another guy and used in an exhibit, and then gets sold to another partner, and an amusement zone in Long Beach, California. By 1976, so realize this is about 60 years after he's dead, was left hanging in the Laugh Dark Funhouse exhibit at the Pike. So, Wow. Just wait, we're not done. On December 8th, 1976, the television show, The Six Million Dollar Man, which I assume you've heard of, I absolutely was filming have. scenes for the Carnival of Spies episode at the Pike. During the shoot, a prop man moved what, we, what he thought to be was a wax mannequin that was hanging from a gallows. When the mannequin's arm broke off, a human bone and muscle tissue were visible. Uh, the police were called and the mummified corpse was taken to the Los Angeles coroner's office and they conducted a uh, autopsy, found that he was killed from a gunshot wound and He had been petrified and covered in wax and everything else, and they were able to find out that this was Elmer McCurdy. After so many years, they had found him, and then in 1977, he was finally buried uh, in Oklahoma, in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And uh, yeah, he was buried next to another outlaw, and they actually buried him in two feet of concrete to make sure that he never left that spot ever again. That is outrageous. Right? (laughs) I feel like the guy had more of a life when he was dead than he was when he was alive.
1: Absolutely he did. Absolutely he did.
0: That is a long time. Right? I, I was just looking at stories I thought would be interesting and I fell across this guy and I just thought it was just more than interesting to find out that he was just showcased to the entire world his body was. And then eventually he was uh, found and they thought he was a prop mannequin. I was like, oh my, to be that guy, to find a human arm, that yeah. would be beyond scary.
1: Yeah, I would think so. And he I mean, I can imagine his reaction. He called the police and all that stuff thinking somebody probably got murdered and uh, left there. And turns out this guy had uh, died 60 years prior.
0: Yeah, and, and that's uh, the thing that's so interesting here is that they say is they, they were doing the autopsy and they found that like – They were used a presence of arsenic, which was used in embalming fluid in the 1920s. And they said, why? And they also revealed that he had tuberculosis and everything else. So he must have been a minor. So it took him a long time to eventually find out who he was after so long. Um, Apparently, further clues to identify the man's body were found when the mandible was removed for a dental analysis. Inside of his mouth was a 1924 penny ticket stubs to the 140 West Pike sideshow in his mouth. Yep. And oh that's when God. they were like, oh, that's who this guy is after looking up records and that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's outrageous. Yep. How, how I, crazy. What a story, you know, and I've, I've said, you know, if, if anything ever happens to me, I would hope to be, uh, I guess, brought around and put on TV as a dead guy, too. I think that'd be pretty interesting, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, you might as well enjoy it while you can.
0: <laughs> enjoy my body. It's so nice. Yeah, I know. I'm not here anymore, but guess what? I'm still with you, you know? That's right. But uh, what a good time. Wow. What a good time. Wow. What a doozy. <laughs> right? Right. I uh, I, I thought that would be a really good share to share with everyone here on the podcast. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Definitely how I want to go down. So if anybody's wondering and is using this as my uh I guess will, last will and t- statement, just please embalm me in arsenic and put me in a traveling show. <laughs> and make sure he's smiling, will you? Yeah, at least just make sure I'm smiling. Wearing a nice suit or something. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe uh maybe Blues Brothers
0: type, you know. Set Ooh, up there. yeah. I'm down to be a soul man when I'm dead. Soul- Literally. Ooh, my Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Cade, you want to you want to wrap this up after our, um, I guess, death defying uh, story there?
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess I could do that. Uh, Motivational. Okay. Um,
0: let's go while we're young.
1: If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas.
0: (laughs) I've never heard that before, Kate. That was pretty good. <laughs> it makes
1: me—it makes me really happy that you've not heard that. That actually, that's pretty yeah, good. Yes. Was a, that
0: wasn't—that was a new one for me. Thank you so much. Thank yes, you so much. Never
1: forget that. And if it doesn't mean anything to you, I want you to really analyze what I just said.
0: Yeah, just think about it. Yeah, yeah. My just dad used really... to tell me that
1: when I was when I would make up excuses when I was a kid. Like, but, but if if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a merry
0: Christmas. <laughs> oh man that's a good one well thanks for joining us again here over on rag Chew. we really always as always appreciate your support and appreciate you listening so uh the only thing i have to say is uh don't party too hard and make sure to go follow us over on social media we will talk to you guys later